0: Hey everybody, Mitch Newman. I am so glad you're here. So glad that you've taken some time out of your day, invested in yourself, and hopefully find a little bit of information, a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of understanding about um, really how you are in the world. Leading yourself, leading others. This is about conscious leadership. And really gives you the opportunity, hopefully, to To find a little nugget here, a little something for yourself, a little uh, greater understanding of the magic that exists inside of you. I will only talk about things uh, based upon where I've been, where I've come from, what I've done, what I do, where I'm going. Uh, I don't talk around things. I talk very direct to it. I feel it's very important, especially in this day and age, to be super direct and super straightforward and honest about what it is that um, I'm intending here, which is really to unlock what I believe is the magic that already exists inside of you in a way that allows you to see where you can go with all of this. And by all of this, meaning your life, your relationships, both personal relationships and professional relationships, and ultimately how to lead yourself and other people. If other people leading other people is something that you ultimately want to do. So, I want to kind of jump in today and talk a little bit about uh, what I find is is really a a big a huge blockage for people which is this idea of fear and what I have found as someone who leads from a higher level of consciousness um, the awareness of how I've been able to work with fear and inspire hopefully inspire other people to work with fear as well and it's this idea that 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 I've learned how to embrace fear. Embrace fear. Well, what does that really mean in the context of what we're talking about? Well, conscious leaders, they they see the awareness and presence of fear as information. They're not digging in right away about and and going head, you know, head deep, nose deep deep into this whole concept of what I'm, what is it that I'm afraid of, but they're observing the awareness and presence of fear as the fact that there is information here for me to learn. And that more often than not, that this information is then connected to the advancement of, of healing and growth in this process. So that on the other side of fear, by, and by moving through it, able to understand that um, the fear is there for a reason, and it's ultimately there for your growth and upliftment. Now, what obscures this awareness when someone <clears throat> is in fight or flight is this overwhelming sensation that the following through with what it is that you're asked to do whatever action it might be, that somehow it will mean certain death. So I used to facilitate ropes course trainings, which is really a really unique way of of learning how to work with fear, where you are strapped in, harnessed in, standing on a wire upwards of 50-odd feet in the air, asked to perform different tasks, different maneuvers, sometimes alone, sometimes with other people, And it's fascinating to see how grown men and women who, standing on the ground, their feet touching the earth, have a completely different energy than when they're suspended in the air. Even though intellectually they understand that they're standing on a rope that could hold a Buick, they're strapped in, if they would fall, they would fall maybe an inch. What they discovered is when they're up there, Lips quivering, legs shaking, is that what it felt like is that it was imminent death. So this idea that once you're in the air, the fear takes on an entirely different meaning. Now, I remember being on the ground and watching people do it and thinking, what was the big deal? And then when I was asked to facilitate a a particular day, uh, my work was originally just to really be an apprentice, to, to be an assistant. And somebody called in sick, and guess who was asked to step up? So I had to set up a climbing wall some 50 feet in the air. I had to climb up a 13-foot ladder, step onto a telephone pole with metal spikes, and then proceed from there to climb up to the top of the climbing wall. Well, it's 6.45 a.m., Sun is just coming up. It was a very, very, very crisp morning. I was freezing, basically. And I got to the top of the ladder and I felt complete. (laughs) I didn't want to go any further than the 13-foot ladder. And what I realized was, is that, you know, and a guy was down below talking me through it. And he was doing what he could to be funny and humorous and lighthearted about it. And I was not having it. I was in full-blown fight or flight. And then I looked down and I went, whoa, I'm only 13 feet in the air. How am I ever going to do this? This is too scary. And then I looked all the way up and I was like, how am I ever going to get up there? And then something kicked in. And I thought to myself, what if I just look straight ahead and go one rung at a time? Just keep my focus, don't look back, don't look down, don't look at the past, and don't look at the future, but just be present in the moment and just climb. And I took the action, and before I knew it, I was at the top. And I was so excited. (laughs) And I hope you understand that what got me there was being present. was putting one foot in front of the other was not looking down and not looking up, looking straight ahead, just being in the present moment. So it taught me a huge lesson about fear and how to work with it, how if I was willing to work with it, that it would advance something inside of me which would be related to my healing and growth. And I grew that day. A very, very powerful lesson for me. And so from a standpoint of conscious leadership, it's critical that we're able to identify what I frame as the fear that protects you versus the fear that prevents you. So I was safe but tell that to my body and my brain. And yet, for the moment, in the moment, prior to having this awareness, I was frozen. I was paralyzed. I'm pretty sure I called the the guy who was in charge a couple really choice words out of my own fear. (laughs) Not finding him funny. And then when I watched other people do it, and I watched people perfectly comfortable on the ground suddenly become maybe five or six years old in midair, arguing with themselves, belittling themselves, working with other people, not working well with other people, (laughs) it suddenly dawned on me this idea of what happens in situations of fight or flight is the inability to differentiate – and discern between the fear that protects you and the fear that prevents you. So the fear that prevents you is clearly this. You know you're safe. There's always a risk whenever you do anything, but you know that you're safe. You know that you could fall maybe an inch. You know that you're strapped in. You know that what you're standing on could hold a car. Versus the fear that protects you, which would be, hey, maybe not a good idea to step in front of this oncoming bus big difference. And when one is in fight or flight, the the there is an inability to differentiate between the two. So somebody could be told to go stand on a stage in front of 5000 people and that would be the equivalent to them of actually stepping in front of an oncoming bus. Now, logically, when you're not triggered, it's easy to say, well, what's the big deal? It's a whole different story when you're triggered. It's a whole different story when you're you're in that fear place. So conscious leadership requires to not only embrace the fears that are presented to you on a daily basis. If you're going to lead others, and it may be within your family, it may be a spouse or loved one, it may be a child. If, we're, if you're going to lead someone, your ability to support them through that process is critical. So once you know how to do it, you want to share that with other people because you understand that from time to time, fear is going to present itself. And sometimes it's going to be really, really challenging to differentiate and discern between those two. Because when the body is in full-blown panic, full-blown fight or flight, it's really challenging. But the key to conscious leadership is to be able to step back. When you're in it, to be able to step back and observe. Is this just really uncomfortable to me versus life-threatening to me? Now, some people will experience the fear of jumping out of an airplane in a parachute, hopefully. And they'll do it and they'll work through the fear and they'll go. And it's it's, it's life-affirming to them. They challenge the fear. I'm... Take a little bit of a different approach. To me, it's about discernment. It's about the, it's about deciding what fear um, and what level of danger you're willing to accept into your life. So my theory is like a lot of people's theory, not everybody, but my theory is that if the plane is working properly, there is no reason to get out. And that's a decision that I make based on the fact of my age what it is that I want to accomplish my family my kids I'll take other risks that is one that I'm not willing to take it's a choice Just just comes down sometimes to a choice but when I'm working with someone who wants to jump out of an airplane and they realize it's something they really do want to do I don't try and convince them that they shouldn't do it. I want to work with them and support them in working through the fear that's presented to be able to back up, to be able to assess, to be able to take a breath. And for other people, it may be about calling people that they haven't talked to in a long time. And that feels like they're jumping out of an airplane for them. I want to be able to support those people as well. So to think that fear is not going to come up or to think just because you've handled it, what's the big deal? You're going to lose people if you're not aware of the fact that from time to time you're going to experience fear, like it or not. And from time to time, the people that you work with, that you may be mentoring, that maybe you are shepherding through and leading through a process are going to have moments of fear. So there's a couple things that I like to do that I have found to be helpful. Call them, I guess, solutions. And it's really about a step approach. For some people, and I've seen this, you've obviously have probably seen the clips where Someone wants to bungee jump, and they're standing on the edge, and they're afraid to actually just jump, and they're doing a countdown, three, two, one, and they still don't jump, and they're like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, no, 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 no. And then finally, somebody just says, enough of this, and they just push them. Oh, that's one way of working through it. That's one way. I'm not, and don't say there's anything wrong with that. I'm not here to judge it. And sometimes people do need a little bit of a push in order to be able to break through whatever it is that's that's, that resistance that's in their way. And other times it's an approach, just like my approach. I climbed to the top of the ladder, step one. I cursed out the guy down below me for trying to be funny when there was absolutely nothing funny going on. I calmed myself down. I took a couple deep breaths. I reminded myself that I was safe. And instead of looking down, because that scared me, and instead of looking up, which scared me even more, I looked straight ahead. I did a step approach, literally one step at a time. So there's a step approach that's available when you're leading someone through a process, shepherding them through something that's challenging, that's bringing up a lot of fear. And it's not to belittle it because... It may seem simple to you, and yet because you understand how fear works and you understand the information that it has, you also take on the responsibility and the awareness of that responsibility that what you do and how you do it and how you support them can be life-changing for the person who's experiencing it, just as it has been for you. So I like a step approach. I just do. I just, I just find that if we're going to create sustainable lifetime results, SLR, which is what I always talk about, then I don't want to keep having to push somebody every time they need to jump, every time they need to take a risk, a calculated risk, every time they need to do something because that sets up a pattern where people become addicted to those chemicals that get released into the body. So they, it's kind of like procrastinating. It's kind of like waiting to the last minute. It's kind of like in many companies, especially with entrepreneurs, they'll find themselves in situations where they're waiting to the last couple of days of the month and they get all this adrenaline rush and cortisol drop and they just go crazy. And then they're just wiped out afterwards and their body gets addicted to that. I want to break the cycle of addiction of the chemicals that get released into your body when you're experiencing fear, by, by working with the fear as it's present, as it shows up. So I love affirmations. I think affirmations are super important. I also see sometimes where affirmations can sometimes be a little bit less effective. So the idea that I always like to instill in people is to create some affirmations that work for you that really do speak to a deeper truth. I am courageous. I am strong. Whatever those affirmations are for you, sometimes called I am statements. And then what I want you to do is I want you to attach an absolute to the back of it on the tail end and kind of seal the affirmation when you say it. What does that mean? Seal it. Well, sometimes you say, I am courageous. And maybe you're trying to pick up the phone and call some people and you're not feeling very courageous, and you say, I am courageous, I am courageous, I am courageous. And as soon as you say that, some part of you at the end goes, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. So seal it with the truth. So your brain can't pick it apart. I am courageous. And I'm the father of two teenage daughters. That's an absolute truth. Whatever that is, it could be... (laughs) You could put your home address on the end of it. doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you know that it's absolutely true. Now you've sealed in courage within that. And you raise your energy. You get excited. You put a smile on your face. You change your physiology. And you say it out loud. And you seal it on the end with an absolute truth. And then you pick up the phone. Then you hit Send. Whatever it is, utilizing affirmations as a way to remind you that you've got this. That bring you back to the present moment. So it doesn't reflect where you come from. It's about who you are, where you are, and where you're going. So you're not a victim of your past. You're not beholden to your past. So those are important things to do. And then you get to a certain point where you start to realize, you know what? Now that I'm doing this with consistency, I don't need to seal it at the end with an absolute truth because I know it's true. And I don't need to use the word am. I don't need to make a case anymore. And I just say simply I courage, I love, I truth, I strength. See, it's about creating, ultimately creating a a new frame of reference that's about this present moment, this precious present moment, which is all we're guaranteed is this moment and about where we're going. And when you identify that within yourself and you can support other people in that process to be able to take those steps, to be able to affirm to the deepest possible core of their being of who they are, what they are, and where they're going, then fear becomes more of an ally. You say thank you to it. You appreciate its original intention. And now that you're able to differentiate between the fear that protects you and the fear that prevents you, nothing more will prevent you. My name is Mitch Newman. See you again next time. Hey, so if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so, you know, we can hang out every Monday. You can also follow me on Instagram at Life's a Mitch. And if you feel so inspired, make sure to tag me in your stories. I really appreciate hearing from people who are listening in. So if you have any ideas, any feedback, any questions, don't be shy. Please send them along. Who knows? Something you share or suggest may spark a future episode. So until next week, remember, life's a Mitch and then you thrive.